0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
1: Arkansas hasn't executed anyone since 2005. But during an 11-day span later this month, the state plans to put eight convicted murderers to death, two a day on four different days. The reason for the rush, the state just got a new supply of one of the drugs it uses for lethal injections, but the drugs expire at the end of the month. It's the latest and perhaps the most dramatic development stemming from the difficulty that capital punishment states have had in getting the drugs they need for executions. And it's a development that death penalty critics say creates an intolerable risk of botched executions and unnecessary suffering. With us to talk about all this is Austin Serrett. He's a professor at Amherst College. And David Mohausen. he's a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Welcome to you both. Um, Austin, there are a lot of ind- legal issues, some of them individuals w- f- uh, with these cases. But are you concerned uh, just about the, the timing of these executions, the, the, the fact that so many are taking place in such a or, or could take place in such a short span of time?
2: Yeah, I am concerned. Um, I think that uh, when we execute in the United States, uh, we have a commitment rooted in our Constitution and our values that we execute in a way that is humane insofar as is possible, maintains the dignity of the condemned. Uh, And I don't think that the plan that Arkansas has put in place is consistent with those commitments. I, I worry that The uh, possibility of mistake, the possibility that something will go wrong, uh, is heightened by this uh, rush to execute. And in particular, um, I don't think that the United States can take pride in um, uh, execution assembly line style.
1: David, isn't there a real risk of some sort of uh, mistake during these these executions, especially given the fact that the drug that we're talking about, midazolam, has been – it's a drug that uh, is designed to knock somebody out before the lethal drug is injected. Uh, There have been a number of problems with that drug uh, or, or, or seeming problems with that drug in previous executions.
0: Well, I think there is a risk, but I believe there's always going to be a risk with the death penalty or any other type of sentencing situation. But we need to be aware that these people were convicted of serious crimes. Uh, they went through a process where they had appeals, and their conviction was not overturned. And at some point, these people need to face justice. And so state Arkansas is doing a compressed schedule, and I hope they can carry it off successfully. But we need to remember that the reason why the state has this compressed schedule is that opponents of the death penalty have put pressure on drug companies to not provide the necessary drugs to carry out the death penalty in the first place. So, so you have opponents complaining about a problem that they're responsible for creating in the first place.
1: Yeah, Austin, what about that point? I mean, what what is a state that, that has the death penalty supposed to do so that, you know, it's, it's constitutional, the voters of the state uh, ha- apparently approve of it. Um, they want to execute somebody who's exhausted all their appeals. Uh, what are they supposed to do when they're having so much trouble getting the drugs that they need? I think
2: the, I think the way in which we punish, uh, even when punishment is justified, The way in which we punish is a test of our character and a test of who we are. I have no sympathy for the things that these people did. And for the moment, I'm not arguing whether or not they were justifiably convicted of what they did. I think the question is now, how do we go about carrying out the punishment that the state has chosen to impose? Look, the Eighth Amendment is all about the exercise of restraint in the face of provocation. What the Eighth Amendment means is that even if people behave in a cruel way, in a vicious way, in a heinous way, uh, we will not punish them in that way. And and that's what I think is at stake in what Arkansas is about to do. It's not the question about whether or not these people deserve a particular punishment. The question is about whether or not, as Arkansas seeks to carry out this punishment, it endangers uh, what I think are important uh, American values, the things that separate us from the very people that we, um, that we condemned. And, and, and look, uh, mass execution uh, of the kind, this assembly line style of execution, puts us in some unusual company. A few weeks ago, Kuwait hanged seven people on the same day. In January of last year, Saudi Arabia executed 47 people who've been convicted of crimes. So this is not the usual kind of company that, that we want to be associated with.
1: David, as I understand it, one thing Arkansas does is it it keeps secret the source of the drugs, where it actually gets the drugs that it's going to use. Uh, do, you, do you think that's a, a, a proper thing for a state to do?
0: Well, I think it depends on the state's laws in that, in that case. And if It's legal for Arkansas to do that. I have no problem with that because the reason why they're keeping it a secret is that they're trying to protect the people or the companies that are providing the drugs. Because what will happen is as soon as the companies are identified for providing the drugs, death penalty opponents will launch a media campaign, a social pressure campaign, to stop the company from selling drugs to the state. Uh, And so this process, the secretive process, helps the state obtain the necessary components to to carry out a lawful execution.
1: Austin, uh, I saw something you wrote shortly after the election where you said that uh, it seemed like the death death penalty was making a comeback. I know a lot of people, particularly before the election, had had thought the death penalty was moving in the direction of of being abolished. Do you uh, still feel the way you did after the election, And, and if so, why?
2: Well, I think what I wrote suggested that it looked like the death penalty was making a comeback. But my argument was that despite what happened in Oklahoma and Nebraska and California in three referenda, and despite the election of a pro-death penalty president, the underlying trends were running very strongly against uh, capital punishment, and they were unlikely to be um, derailed by what happened in California, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and by the election of the president, uh, we're in a period of national reconsideration of capital punishment. It's happening all over the country, including in places like Texas. The number of death sentences is way down. The number of executions is way down. And public support for capital punishment is the lowest that it has been in decades. And I don't think what happened in November is going to change those, uh, what I call, fundamental conditions.
1: Thank you for, for, for that clarification, which I, I, I obviously didn't read your article closely enough. enough. So uh, thank you for that. And thank you for joining us, Austin Serrett, professor at Amherst College, and David Mulhausen, uh, research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow thanks to our technical director, Reg, Reginald Bazile, and our producer, David Sutterman. Coming up on Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson. Carol, you have 10 seconds. What are you going to talk about? F-O-M-C Minutes. Back to you. (laughs) Good stuff. Okay, stay tuned for all that and more here on Bloomberg Radio. You've been listening to Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg.
0: Success is more than a destination. all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's dot com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.